This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, welcoming you to Week in Review for October 29th, 2010. In our featured story this week, we point out that clinics implementing electronic health records for the first time can learn some valuable security lessons from physician group practices that have had EHRs in place for a while. For example, Compass Medical, a practice with about 60 physicians at 10 clinics in southeastern Massachusetts, has conducted three risk assessments since rolling out its record system in 2004. As it has expanded its use of EHRs, the practice has taken a series of essential steps aimed at beefing up security. Those steps include implementing encryption and single sign-on, making extensive use of thin clients to help minimize security risks, developing a virtual private network for remote access, and introducing proximity badges to improve physical security. Next on tap for the practice is the use of fingerprint scanners for authentication. In this week's featured blog, I discuss a 2010 report card on the Obama administration's privacy policies from the Electronic Privacy Information Center. The report includes some jabs at the White House's medical privacy policies. In its 2009 report card, the Research and Advocacy Group gave the administration an A- grade on medical privacy thanks to the passage of the Tech Act, which it called one of the best privacy laws in years. But in its 2010 assessment, EPIC says, quote, implementation of the privacy provisions in the 2009 law have slowed. In particular, the report card, which offered a grade of B, blasted the White House for planning to endorse a weak final version of the high-tech breach notification rule, but backing off. In this week's featured interview, security expert Kate Borton says choosing the right wireless devices is a vital component of a security strategy. PDAs and smartphones vary widely in their security capabilities, so it's important that physicians use the right wireless devices to remotely access clinical information, Borton stresses. She says hospitals and clinics must select appropriate wireless tools, making sure devices that physicians and others use have adequate authentication and encryption capabilities. Plus, she says organizations need to understand and take full advantage of the new security capabilities most wireless networks have to offer. Here's a clip from that interview. I think that the good news in terms of security risk is that today wireless typically includes kind of out-of-the-box security that is much better than it was in the past. Of course, you add a wireless and you may feel as though it's part of your private LAN, but because these signals go out over the airwaves, you really need to think of it more the way that you think of using the Internet, a public network. I'll be back after a short break to tell you about the rest of our weekly review. Are you responsible for your institution's regulatory compliance program? Do electronic medical records, patient privacy, or data breaches keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the HealthCareInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit HealthCareInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Welcome back. 
Also in the news this week, as hundreds of health information exchanges across the country ramp up their efforts to ease the sharing of electronic health records, a government agency has prepared a detailed report on how to create an HIE security architecture. The National Institute of Standards and Technology published the report to provide a systematic approach to designing a technical security architecture for the exchange of health information that leverages common government and commercial practices and that demonstrates how these practices can be applied to the development of HIEs. And in other news, a California man has been sentenced to 21 months in prison for a Medicare fraud scheme that involved recruiting homeless people to receive unnecessary treatment and equipment. James Roland Fuquay, who was known as the Red, White, and Blue Man in reference to the colors on the Medicare card, also was ordered to pay more than $550,000 in restitution, according to the Department of Justice. Fuquay recruited Medicare beneficiaries from homeless shelters in San Diego and Los Angeles using the sales pitch, Red, White, and Blue, let's make it do what it do. Fuquay paid the homeless to go with him to fraudulent medical clinics and durable medical equipment suppliers to request services and equipment that they did not want, need, or receive, authorities said. Be sure to check out healthcareinfosecurity.com for all the latest news, interviews, blogs, and more. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.